for over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night, no matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on Shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Irvine. Greetings from Ohio, Ben. <laughs> Hello, Travis. And Fernando. Greetings from California, Travis. Oh, thank you. Multiple greetings. Fantastic way to introduce yourselves as if you've never been on Earth before. <laughs> Great job so far. We have an awesome episode for you all today. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in Virginia. There's a gubernatorial race. Ooh. Terry McAuliffe versus Glenn Youngkin. It is a tight race, and this is an important race when it comes to the future of the Republican Party. Of course, Tara McAuliffe, a traditional Democrat in the sense, uh, or a Clintonian uh, Democrat, which, of course, uh, by today's measure means traditional in many ways, is going against Glenn Youngkin. The race is closer than many people expected, so we will talk about what's going on in Virginia as it will have massive ramifications going forward again as we get to the midterms of 2022. We will also talk about the January 6th committee, Steve Bannon. It's the only time anyone's <laughs> wanted to be around him. They subpoenaed him. They're like, please, God, come and hang out with us, Steve. But he's too busy doing God knows what. Probably finding new ways to steal money from poor people Aww. because that's what he does best. We will also discuss the Freedom to Vote Act. Man, it is almost as if the people in power don't want us to vote. I wonder why. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. But before we get to all of that, let's just talk a little bit about, I don't even, this story, I'm going to say, you know what it is? Stick it in my craw. <gasps> Which is something no one wants to think about. $3.5 trillion, that's the number. For the reconciliation bill. Now, this reconciliation bill, obviously, progressives are like, please, God, can we just pass this damn thing? People are suffering. And of course, then you have your Joe Manchins of the world who says, can we just do 1.5 trillion? All right. Well, the way that we could get these people together is through good politics, going to the American people, traveling from town to town and saying, this is why this bill will help you. And because of this bill, you will be able to X, Y, and Z, perhaps be able to go get a successful job because your child can finally go to Head Start. Uh, maybe when it comes to education, the reconciliation bill could help a little bit. When it comes to creating clean energy jobs, of course, this bill might be able to help a little bit, which is the sticking point for jobs. Joe Manchin, obviously uh, being a man uh, based in coal. None of that stuff is what the Democrats are doing. No, instead, no. the Democrats, they have decided to have a prayer vigil. The prayer vigil yeah. is to support the $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill. Uh, the slogan, I suppose, is budgets or moral documents, which makes me kind of want to vomit a little bit in my mouth. So uh, faith leaders uh, gather to pray. This is on September 23rd. They, uh, they are praying that lawmakers passed the $3.5 trillion human infrastructure bill, which they said advances racial equality, climate action, immigration, healthcare, and an economy that works for all. My question here is, what the hell? What is, what, why? Now, why is that? This has nothing to do with you sitting there and doing nothing. Literally, you're just telling me that you're thinking really loud. <laughs> what do you guys think when you hear, this is where we are when it comes to passing a reconciliation bill in this country we have gotten to the point the plane is about to hit the freaking building and everyone says the only thing we can do now is pray <sighs> does this mean we're totally freaking screwed as the democrats take a page out of the newt gingrich republican playbook from the exactly. 90s exactly. i hate this shit so much exactly i'm a massive advocate of separation of church and state Churches should also be paying taxes. Mm-hmm. 100%. What do you guys think mm -hmm. this means going forward? Because I don't particularly feel like this has given me a lot of confidence. <laughs> well, yes. Um, 
In reality, it does nothing. <laughs> um, Thank you. <laughs> but isn't that what we're trying to deal with it here? Well, yes. Politics are is... boring. Politics are about gravel. They're about boring <laughs> things like water fountains. Water right. Fountains and making nice. the sausage. Yeah. And no one has ever prayed for better sausage at any time in their lives. <laughs> but I will say, Ben, I was a little excited because, as you know, faith leaders sometimes, for whatever reason, tend to be on the more conservative Republican side of this, the political spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because they're full of hatred. Full of hatred and somehow full of shit. But I was hesitantly excited to see that faith leaders were at least supporting the $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill because it at least meant that they wanted to be on the right side of working people for a change. So that was uh, one thing I think maybe, you know, prayers, thoughts and prayers uh, Mm -hmm. are helpful, but lobbying efforts are even more helpful. Absolutely. Fernando, what do you think? This was a Catholic effort. This is from, I guess it's, what's SR mean? Does that mean sister? Providence senior sister? I don't know. Sister. Let's go Her sister. name is uh, Emily Tukolsky. She says, we have a preferential option for the poor that is central to our Catholic social training and that this process of reconciliation starts to wrestle with that in the way that has been ignored in our policy for so long. Of course, when it comes to the poor and when it comes to the Catholic Church, I can't exactly say they have the finest record of helping people get out of poverty, yeah, it yeah. being that their main steward, Mother Teresa, really loved making sure the poor stayed just that way. The Vatican is one of the richest countries on the planet. Yes, also, they are. But, I mean, again, tax the churches. That being said, uh, I, I'm going to go with pro this. Maybe, you know how you, we talk about lobbying? This is like social lobbying. You know, social lobbying? The, 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 the reconciliation. Am I in the, I'm in the minority once again. Once <laughs> again, the tall man finds himself alone in the forest. No, no, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be a yes <laughs> no, man. You, but I'm, of course not. But I, but I also agree that, yes, you're right. The plane was about to crash. They're like, all right, how about we just all pray? We just all come together and pray. Maybe it'll just draw attention to it. Because, you know, that, that is, this is about racial equality. This is a climate action. This is immigration. This is healthcare. So, yes, I want faith this leaders. Is, in, I want faith leaders involved. I completely, I do. But this isn't really doing anything except getting likes on Facebook. And, I'll, you know, I, I say exposure, you know, that, that exposure doesn't pay the bills. It, you know, it does for the church, though. It does for the church. Yeah, it does if you're Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. That couple is disgusting. <laughs> so the prayer vigil, in, uh, vigil included faith leaders and organizations from an array of backgrounds who called for, quote, holy, just, and moral recovery. Again, I'm not... Right. Just as I hate when Amy Coney Barrett talks about her faith and how she's going to bring it to the Supreme Court... I just feel like the system is so flawed, the problems are so obvious, that if we have to go to mythological thought when it comes to solving this, we are further away now than we were a week ago before all of these people went to have a photo op in Washington to, again, bilk their congregations for more money that they work very hard to get. Rabbi Jason Kimmelman Block... He's a Washington director for the Jewish group Ben the Ark. Explained that the reconciliation bill would be good for farm workers and would protect the vulnerability of migrants. I completely agree. Yes. Okay, that's fine. To Colsty of Network called uh, for a tax system that benefits everyone. She says, we pray, how long, how long, God, will we allow your people to go hungry? She was uh, quoting prophet Amos again. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's obvious that... Uh, God doesn't really care. So it doesn't seem to matter. It's just like a tangible thing that humans created a massive problem. We have allowed our infrastructure Mm -hmm. to crumble. Mm -hmm. We've allowed our education systems to get bogged down in political quagmires. We have allowed our financial institutions to run a complete muck. We have allowed all of these things to occur. And it seems as if there was a supernatural force that could have stopped it. They would have done it without us having to go grovel in Washington D.C. I'm so pro. I'm pro separation of of church and state, 100. percent But there's so many church going people that when you say separation of church and state, they will completely stay out of politics by by even by that logic. So just even seeing faith leaders say, "Hey, you guys need to get involved." It's something, Ben. There's it's also some, something yeah. about them talking about trillions of dollars in money. I don't. Isn't it supposed to be bigger than this? Yes. 
Now yeah. I just sound like <laughs> Bill Maher. Oh, God damn it. I got to turn back. I love it. Religious. I love him. Thank you. Now I just sound like Bill Maher, and now I'm going to have to go jump off a freaking bridge. I mean, it is interesting. No, Ben, don't you ever jump off a bridge. Don't you ever say you're Bill Maher ever again. <laughs> well, that was nice of you. Thank you, Travis. But I will say, um, A, give the Catholic Church some credit for finally, you know, there's, pre- there's things like universal pre-K in here, Ben. Yeah, universal pre-K. I wonder why they want them away from their families. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's it's a ruse. Honestly, the Vatican, I mean, Fernando's absolutely right. The Vatican City is one of the smallest countries in the world. Yeah. It is one of the richest. Have them foot the bill. They Melt do it. it down. Yeah. Right. All it's the full gold of palace. gold. Yep. Melt the whole thing to the ground. All of this is hypocrisy come to life. And we're supposed to be like, oh, thank you so much for going and saying the words that you said there. Uh, trying to cover up the sins of all of your individual religions. It is just the dem. You know, things are screwed when the Democrats start praying. That's why I did not feel like I don't feel like, whoa, I'm super encouraged. I feel like this is the beginning of the beginning of the total end. We're not the target audience of the prayer circle, though. Who awesome. is the 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 people I'm talking about? Those very heavy churchgoers that do you tr- think an evangelical is going to give a flying crap? Because they still just they don't even they they don't like Catholics. They're like evangelicals. <laughs> that's why they love Trump so much because they literally love to hate every other person <laughs> that might have some semblance of similarity, but they find the one thing that's different. I mean, you look at the way that Trump reacted when Colin Powell died, and it was one of the funniest <laughs> things of all time because he was just pissed that he got positive media coverage, and it's like. The one day he can is the day that he dies. Other than that, we can talk about his hawkish views as we talked about John Kiraku. But the one day, okay, please, when I die, just give it 12 hours before everyone's like, and then he farted on me. Like, please, God, just give, (laughs) you deserve 12 hours. Let the body chill out for a second. Yeah, let the, exactly, let the body cool down before we start with the war criminal talk. Just for a little bit. We all know he was a war criminal. Unless he's Bush or Cheney, that never ends. You know, we gave him 24 hours off, though. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I just, anyway, we'll see what happens. So the thing that uh, they're discussing, obviously, the prayer leaders, that is, is the $3.5 trillion budget package. Uh, How optimistic is anybody that this is going to happen? Obviously, the progressives wanted something upwards of six or seven trillion. So they believe this is already a compromise. Then again, as I mentioned, you have your Joe Manchins of the world who want it to be around 1.5. This is another example of the Biden legacy unfurling in front of our eyes and if this doesn't happen if this doesn't pass Mm. in any way you know if they do gut for example the two years of free um community college which i think can be very good because community college i went to one for my first semester i had to get my grades up believe it or not i I love community college got hammered had a great time Um, but you can learn a trade you can learn a craft Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. they are great for the economy i firmly Mm -hmm. believe that But if those things are being gutted out of this bill and then you're Joe Biden and these are the few compromises that you made with the progressive left in order for them to stomach voting for you. Right. Also, the optics of having Kamala and things like that probably didn't hurt. If you don't get these things passed, talk about what's going on in Virginia. Talk about the midterms. What the hell leg do the Democrats have to stand on? You can sit there and pray all damn day, but you got to get the policies passed. Absolutely. I mean, I know we're going to talk about it later, but that's why Terry McAuliffe is so nervous. He doesn't want any semblance of disunity in the Democratic Party right now. As you see, the tighter and tighter these negotiations get, the tighter and tighter McAuliffe's race gets with uh, uh, Mr. Blumpkin or whatever his name is. Youngkin. Youngkin the Blumpkin. (laughs) Youngkins. I hear the Youngkins love these Blumpkins. So anyway, that's just more of a ranting story about, I guess, optics. And it's, you're right. You guys are both correct. I understand. Mm. Maybe I have. You're right. You're right too, though. Well, I just, it's just how, when the Dems start praying, (laughs) something's not right. And I just feel like we are so screwed. Dems are so screwed. At least this time they they left off the dashikis like they, oh, <laughs> they yes. did the I mean, George Floyd uh, stuff. Might as well have the freaking QAnon shaman go in there and, and do something <laughs> with Sage. I just this is not about magical thinking. We don't need magical thinking to pass a GD budget. <laughs> it's about politics for crying out loud. Uh, anyway, all right. So we'll see what happens uh, as we continue. Of course, the uh, reconciliation bill doesn't look that close to passing at this point Uh, but they did do the bare minimum to keep the government open until early december so hopefully right around christmas 
Uh, it can be closed. What a fantastic <laughs> idea. All right. Also, just a quick update. On last episode, we were talking about this school in Texas, this South Lake school. Mm -hmm. So they did want to clarify their perspective when it comes to the Holocaust. So oh, as we goodness. talked about. So this was uh, House Bill 3979. Now, this bill is supposed to make sure that schools show both sides to every story. Now, naturally, when it comes to the Holocaust, there is one side to that story, and that is that Nazis are bad and people shouldn't be genocided. So it seems as if the school district has walked this back a little bit. This is according to Superintendent Lane Ledbetter. Ooh. She says, uh, the comments made were in no way to convey that the Holocaust was anything less than a terrible event. Additionally, we recognize there are no two sides to the Holocaust as we continue to work through implementation of HB 3979. We also understand this bill does not require an imposing viewpoint on historical facts. Hmm. So we're here where they had to clarify that, but at the yes. very least they did. So I'm going to say that is a silver lining. I, Isn't that nice? There's not going to be two sides to the Holocaust. The Because you imagine separating the class, be like, all right, left side, you're pro, right side, you're con. We're talking Holocaust. <laughs> I, I, they were, you know, it was going to, it was going to extrapolate. They were going to have to defend Columbus's actions to killing Native Americans because you have to talk both sides of the story, Ben. What did he do? You know, I think they really saw that they, if they start breaking down history like this, they're going to be on the wrong side of it. And so Absolutely. I, I think they just were like, we have to take back what we said. Yeah. And there are two sides to every story, of course, but there tends to be usually one side that has been proven throughout history to be correct. And I think that's kind of the way that, uh, that it should be directed. Yes. History writers are usually the winners too. You know, the, the story, the, it's the, the woodman versus the tree. Whose story do you hear? The, you know, the lumberjack. You don't oh. hear the tree story very often, Ben. Don't even get me going about my ants. <laughs> More talking trees. Trees deserve the right to vote. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this. This place doesn't look like the pictures. Ah, is there a door behind all those spiders? It's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. Ah, this is perfect. Relax, you booked a Verbo. Well, speaking of voting, oh God, why is it getting harder to do? As we get more gerrymandered, more redistricted, it's hurting any moderate across the board, to be honest. Even, uh, what is it, Klingener? Klingener? <laughs> the dude out of Chicago, the Republican. Oh, Aaron Kitzinger. Kitzinger. Uh, he was the one who voted, I believe, for impeachment of Donald Trump. And then, of course, in, uh, uh, voted um, in some other way that, uh, that the GOP didn't like, perhaps saying something about how like storming the Capitol was bad. And they're like, I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> he's been re he's redistricted out. He's gone because uh, he was a Republican that didn't play by uh, the Republican standards right now, which, of course, are being led by Donald Trump. And Democrats are finding the exact same way. That, that middle room uh, Democrat, that moderate Democrat is being squeezed out. That's why you have someone like Joe Manchin, who people are like, is he going to flip parties? He says he's not going to. Some people think that he might. I don't think that he has to because it seems as if the D by his name hasn't stopped him from getting elected thus far. And in many ways, he's in a situation where he can make himself out to be a stalwart for the people of West Virginia. Of course, the folks he's representing. The GOP, however, has just recently blocked a voting rights bill. Democrats have been rebuffed again in an effort to overhaul voting rights. Senate Republicans blocked an overhaul of U.S. election laws from reaching the floor for debate, adding to a string of Democratic defeats. So they don't even want this to go to the floor for debate, which again tells you just how like a newborn baby who grabbed peas for the first time in his hand, you ain't going to get him out. <laughs> I've been hanging out with babies lately. I, I bought that. a couple of shoes no. for uh, Elowin and uh, for Hero. I've got a couple of shoes coming for Cena and Holden's babies. Cute. Cute, Cute little shoes. <laughs> I could fit my little toe in them, maybe. <laughs> but they are holding on to this power 
so tight that they don't even want to entertain the idea of debate. Mr. Smith went to Washington. If he went there right now, he would be like, um, sorry, sir. Why the fuck are you talking? There's no time for debate. Go phone bank. Mr. Smith goes whores in Washington for money. The bill failed to advance Wednesday on a 49 to 51 vote, fell well short of the 60 needed. And Travis, I know you're going to tell us a little bit about what Chuck Schumer did and why he did it, because this is just procedural BS. This is just minutia. And again, the Republicans didn't block the voting rights vote. They didn't, we're not even talking about voting on the voting rights bill. We're talking about voting on talking about voting for the voting rights bill. And we can't even get that to that. But why did Chuck Schumer do what he did, Travis? Can you explain that a little bit to us? Sure. It's very parliamentarian. As we, we've talked about on this show before, the Senate can be very procedural and boring. Um, but this is one of those procedural moves. As you mentioned, all 50 Republicans were, uh, were going to filibuster. They didn't, uh, they didn't even want it coming to a vote. Um, so Schumer voted with the Republicans so for a 51 to 49 vote, and that is just procedural so they can potentially bring it up again later. Probably, ideally, after the 2022 midterm elections, in which oh. obviously the Democrats are hoping to gain some Senate seats. So Obama got two years, right? And then they were able to get uh, health care through for better or for worse, in some cases better, and again, in others worse. This is it. We are now a year away from the midterms. And this is Biden has 12 months. That's it. Yeah. Because what do you, I mean, who knows what's going to happen in 2022? We'll speculate more as those races come in and we start to see some polling data. But they got to get something done. He has to get something done. And if you can't get the reconciliation bill and now you can't get voting rights through, I mean, what are we even looking at here? This is according to Chuck Schumer. He said after the vote, let there be no mistake. Senate Republicans blocking debate today is an implicit endorsement of the horrid new voter suppression and election subversion laws pushed in conservative states across the country. Why aren't my colleagues outraged by these laws? And of course, Chuck knows the exact answer to that because they benefit them. Uh, Mitch McConnell, this is what he had to say. He says, for multiple years running, Washington Democrats have offered a rotating merry-go-round of rationales <laughs> to explain why they need to federalize voting laws and to take over all of American elections themselves. So That is just um, one of the reasons why we have so much chaos on Election Day and why we can have politicians like Donald Trump pretend like they didn't lose because there is so much, there's so mm. many different ways that people vote, mail-in, electronic, whatever it might be, different standards and practices for how long people wait. I mean, in Georgia, you can't even, you can't get an Uber Eats while waiting in line. Right. You know, other places, they'll deliver it right to your asshole. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's an interesting, it's the enema, it's the Colorado approach. Free enemas for anyone who votes. <laughs> That's very nice. But I have no problem with a proper, like when it comes to specifically federal elections, Senate and the House, and obviously the the presidency, I have no problem with a federal like guideline where it's like, this is how we vote. It would help streamline all this stuff. But what do we know about uh, corrupt politicians? Exactly. Don't they thrive in chaos? Mm -hmm. And isn't that exactly what our current voting system provides them? 100% right. pure freaking chaos. Absolutely. 50 completely different crucibles of democracy, all trying to regulate their own elections. And you're absolutely right, Ben. The whole purpose of this Federal Voting Rights Act is to not just streamline, but have a, a, a federal standard. Yes, so there are so many things going on in the Republican-controlled states right now, as you mentioned, even in my home state of Ohio, where Trump mm -hmm. won by eight points, Republicans in the state house are trying to once again, make it harder, more difficult for early voting, mail-in voting, et cetera, et cetera. And what the, the Voting Rights Act, what the Democrats are trying to do is make a federal standard. So it's not so much about having one streamlined process for all 50 states, but at least having standards that saying, well, you can't do this or you 
can't do you can't just restrict people from voting uh, in so many instances. And let's not forget, this is a bipartisan situation as well. That's mm-hmm. why I think there's some Dems who are like, yeah, I'll vote for it. But I mean, it's like, seriously, I'm already elected. Like, do I, I mean, you <laughs> remember when Hillary was running uh, in Arizona in the primary against Bernie, they gutted the voting machines. They they got right. them down by mm-hmm. I want to say it was over 70 percent. I mean, they had like a total of like 10 in the whole freaking state. So people use these right. they people use the um you know kind of carve outs that they mm-hmm. find in all the voting laws for nefarious reasons every single sh- state should have the exact amount of voting machines right. per capita right. it should be one voting machine for whatever every 5000 people 10 whatever you whatever the math works out where someone can wait in line no more than 2 hours mm-hmm. Get voting machines because they're just freaking boxes. Right. I can put a voting machine. We can get voting machines. Right. <laughs> and I don't understand why we don't do that, other than the fact we understand that these politicians thrive on lower voter turnout. One of the areas I will praise Joe Manchin on, he is, again, out of West Virginia. He was one of the people who drafted uh, this bill. So he is on the right side when it mm. comes to uh, voting rights. But again, he is beholden uh, to big coal. And that just is what it is, and that's uh, that's politics for you. The measure would create an automatic voter registration system through each state's motor vehicle agency. Brilliant. It would also make Election Day a public holiday, which I think is <gasps> more holidays. Amazing. I Amazing. want that so bad. Why not? And it should be a fun holiday. This is like, fuck July 4th. I mean, oh, <gasps> I didn't say that. No. I, mean, I didn't say that. <laughs> They're going to cut that. Like, that's the reason I don't get into Congress. I, I highly doubt it. Play um, that clip. Yeah. Right. He said, fuck July 4th. It's like, what about all that other stuff before? I'm like, kind of funny. Yeah. Funny enough. <laughs> but July 4th, great. But right. election day should be an actual holiday. We right. should have fireworks. Right. We should have like, you know, it should be a picnic day. You go, you vote, you spend time with your family. Mm-hmm. Nobody works. Shut down everything. Just have a nice election day. Because, of course, when it comes to it being a public holiday, workers can actually get off of work. And the people that we I want to hear from the most are the people who aren't being heard from at all. The people who are falling through the cracks. The people who are in housekeeping. The people who... You know, work right. not just nine to five, who are working nine to nine, nine to ten. Right. You know, whatever whatever that job might be. Those are the people who deserve the right to vote. Uh, this law would also provide voters with at least 15 days of early voting for federal elections. But as we Beautiful. know, real change happens on the local level. But yes, absolutely. Yeah. For the federal election, that's great. But they also need to be able to vote for school board. Mm -hmm. They need to be able to vote for sanitation, the head of sanitation, whatever. All of those things that, you know, that's why the prayer thing just bothers me. This is not magical. This is not supernatural. Mm -hmm. Right. This is very basic stuff here. And this bill, I think, addresses a lot of the very basic problems that we're currently seeing with our voting system. Which is why the Republicans hate it specifically, Ben. You know, they're they're okay with standardizing and controlling a lot of things, but this kind of takes the power away from where they're, like you said, those little loopholes that they're able to exploit. Those little, like, you know, uh, little caves of law that they're able to wheedle in and then win a seat. And again, both sides try to do it. I think the Republicans are slightly better at it because they just go ahead with zero uh, concern over public outcry. Uh, This bill also has designed to curtail uh, partisan gerrymandering of congressional districts and would put in place new campaign finance disclosure requirements that include mandating super PACs and other outside groups to report their donors, Uh. a.k.a. shadow money. Travis, Mm. I feel like that last point. Mm. Is one of the reasons I was like, why go. this is maybe <laughs> DOA, dead on arrival. Do these people want to know uh, who do do the donors want people to know how much they're giving to certain people for mm-hmm. certain reasons? I'm going to guess not. I'm going to guess donors are very opposed to a, a bill like this, whether it's in the Senate or the House or all 50 states. We know those those dark money donors. They have been unhinged. And uh, on on fettered since uh, the oh gosh darn it what was it? Oh, Citizens United Citizens United decision absolutely yes, sir. and so this is at least and you know this is a very small reining in of the dark money there's absolutely. so many other areas but this is a step in the right direction but you're right you have to ask yourself and I understand privacy and all of that of course you have to ask yourself and that's why like even when it comes to like the IRS wanting to look in a lot of people's bank accounts I'm a little skeptical on but we'll talk about that later but. Do you think you're doing something real wrong if you're that scared someone's going to find out? 
Like if you donate, if I donate money, I don't, most people, number one, put it on Twitter immediately if they do anything remotely close to nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, look what I gave. But you know for a fact these people must feel in some way that they're doing something wrong if they're fighting tooth and nail to make sure that nobody knows how much money they're giving to Lauren Boebert. Absolutely. Or hell, Elizabeth Warren. I don't give a crap. You know, it's just one of those interesting things because once you find out who is financing these campaigns and then you look at the legislation being created by the politicians that these people have given to their super PACs and then you say, oh, I get it now. Prayer ain't going to save us from this. Exactly. Um, you know, with social media nowadays, especially, this is more and more dangerous. Information like this becomes more and more dangerous to people that don't want where they're funneling their money to be shown. You right. know, because you can you can see where Home Depot is spending its money. You can see where Chick-fil-A is spending its money. It just, it, and that affects it socially. That affects it on Twitter. And that goes into a great story we'll talk about here next just briefly. But just going back. Uh, or staying on here just for one more second when it comes to this voting law, um, there are actually things in here that the Republican Party might like, conservatives as well. Right. Uh, yes. For example, Joe Manchin, the version that's been created now, he forced this to be put in there, but it includes a voter ID provision. It lets voters use a number of types of identification cards and documents, which can uh, be either hard copies or in a digital form. Oh, wow. But however, that is something that Republicans have been asking for a long time, and yeah. I think that's a fine compromise I understand that maybe not everybody has identification, but I also, I don't know. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like if someone is going to be an avid voter and someone wants to go and vote, there are many ways to get registered. You don't need a driver's license right, or a passport. Right. It just has to be something. Library card. I mean, library, there's a way. Yeah. There's a mm-hmm. way. Yeah. So, I, I, so I feel like there are things that have been put in place in this voting rights bill that me, as someone who is perhaps center left, I think this is, it's totally a moderate, fine bill. It probably doesn't even go far enough in Uh, some ways, but you know, this is something. Yeah. And and you mentioned Lauren Boebert. Um, I mean, the fascinating thing with Lauren Boebert and Republicans like her who would be opposed to such measures as like voting by mail, which by the way, here in Ohio, you can walk in with a piece of mail. You just need to prove your address really. Um, And that's all you need to, to vote. And that counts as a voter ID as well. But you know, Colorado, Lauren Boebert, Colorado, is a vote by mail state. It has been prior to the pandemic, prior to 2020 for a long time. And Lauren Boebert still won. So that's why it just still doesn't make sense that the Republicans are opposing these things. I know. They've already won. It is funny because I've said this before. They need to have more self-confidence. When it comes (laughs) to voting, they're like, oh, we better not let Hispanics vote. It's like, I don't know. Some of them probably like you. Like they really are pro-life and stuff. I don't <laughs> yeah. know what you're complaining about. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't love a gun? <laughs> and, exactly. and that's why I mean Trump coming out and saying, telling Republicans not to vote in 2022 and not really? to vote in 2024. Oh, that's Brilliant. already going to be rigged. It's just like, what are you doing? Exactly. I would say it's 4D chess, but it's more like <laughs> 1D checkers. And oh. so it's like you can also be like so stupid. It confuses everyone, and they're like, am I dumb? Because I don't understand. Well, speaking of money and speaking of power and speaking of corporations, we mentioned AT&T basically being the number one investor for Mm -hmm. One American News. Now, that news did get out, of course. Uh, CNN ran an expose, but of course, CNN is no longer owned by AT&T, so it really doesn't matter. It's more faux journalism from them. But anyway, NAACP leaders They are meeting with AT&T. They are going to be doing this October 21st. Uh, NAACP President Derek Johnson will be meeting with AT&T leaders again October 21st. And the meeting will focus on the need for AT&T to drop One America News immediately. This is according to Johnson. He says AT&T is directly supporting efforts that undermine our democracy and suppress our right to vote. It's reprehensible. So we'll see if this changes anything. I can't imagine AT&T particularly caring. Uh, but then again, public backlash does tend to, um, or it can impact you know these corporations in some ways, or at least when it comes to their decision-making. Uh, this is according to a deposition obtained by Reuters. This is Robert Herring Sr. Uh, he is the One American News founder and chief executive. Uh, he has testified that the idea for launching the channel in 2013 originated from AT&T executives. Uh, This is what he said they told him. They told us they wanted a conservative network. 
They only had one, which was Fox News, and they had seven others on the left-wing side. When they said that, I jumped to it and built one. So not only did AT&T fund them, they created One American News, which seems like a a really frustrating thing as my internet sucks. My phone keeps on (laughs) dropping all the calls. AT&T's a phone company, right? Right. That's what I remember. Right. But I guess now they're in the... uh, they're in the production game. They're in the they're in the news business. Well, it's what you talk about a lot, Ben. Creating a divisiveness, you know, separating people is what creates power. And so it may not the AT and T executives maybe had some other people, you know, whispering in their ear like, "Hey, wouldn't it be kind of fun if we made more people fight?" You know, yeah, absolutely. The Zuck, maybe you never know. Yeah, uh, Johnson and the NAACP condemned. Uh, AT&T. He says, we're outraged to learn that AT&T has been funneling tons of millions of tens of millions of dollars into One American News since the network's inception. As a result, AT&T has caused irreparable damage to our democracy. The press should inform the American public with facts, not far-right propaganda and conspiracy theories. I do think that our democracy is stronger than One American News. But nonetheless, Mm. I do think it's a fascinating, strange bedfellow. AT&T and One American News not just funding One American News, but literally creating it. It's kind of it's kind of funky, isn't it? it? Reminds you, look at everything with a massive grain of salt and wonder. Mm. And this is another reason why I want to know who is funding all of these things because it gives you some really good insight into why they're messaging what they're messaging on whatever platform they have. That's right. Well, as Fernando said, I mean the the corporate hierarchy, the people in charge, Ben, they benefit from chaos. So, uh, what better way to sow more chaos than to give your crazy conservative uncle some even wackier than Fox News? <laughs> Imagine the kind of hits this show would get if me and Travis just started an anti, you know, just crazy anti-political show. Do whatever like, you guys have to, to do to get to more hits on you. the show. <laughs> <laughs> We got a couple of people we're hunting down. It'll be great. My third show will be bigger than their first show. It'll be fantastic. We're getting there. We are getting there. Thanks to everyone for supporting the show. We love you here. And uh, hopefully we do some live shows at some point, but we'll figure that out. Well, speaking of chaos, the January 6th committee, uh, they have voted in unanimously this week to recommend criminal charges for Steve Bannon for a refusal to comply with their subpoena. Get them, boys. Well, the thing is, it's a dog with no teeth. The most he could serve is one year. Very rarely does that ever happen. So this Mm -hmm. is a recommendation going to Merrick Garland Mm -hmm. to pursue charges against Steve Bannon. Now, is it possible that he does? Sure. Is it probable? Probably. But even the ramifications, like, aren't that extreme. And I think if you're Bannon... He's a martyr. Let's be honest. The dude's dying of skin cancer. Have you seen that man? (laughs) That man is dead. Have you seen the splotches? He looks like a, he looks like Gorbachev looks like he has the most (laughs) clean skin of any person of all time. Blemish free compared to Bannon. I don't think he's got long to live. It's because he's a lizard, Ben. He's, you know, wearing human skin. It's just coming off in sheets. (laughs) I I assumed it was all the alcoholism, you know. It could be. It was just, he just, he bathes in whiskey. Yeah, so in a letter sent to Bannon on September 23rd, obviously, of this year, the committee said it has reason to believe that the former White House strategist had relevant information on, quote, important activities that led and informed the January 6th insurrection, including his comments on January 5th that are, quote, all hell is going to break loose tomorrow. Uh, Bannon was directed to produce (laughs) documents by October 7th. He obviously did not. So Chairman Benny Thompson is a Democrat. This is what he had to say. He says the expectation of this committee is that all witnesses will cooperate with our investigation. Witnesses who have been subpoenaed have a legal obligation to do so. He goes on. And when you think about what we're investigating, a violent attack on the seat of our democracy perpetuated by fellow citizens on our Constitution, an attempt to stop the certification of an election, it's shocking to me. Shocking that anyone would not do everything in their power to assist in our investigation. And again, Steve Bannon attempting to apply executive privilege to the reason why he's being silent. And obviously, speaking of executives, Donald Trump is encouraging all of his acolytes and all of his cronies to uh, not comply with any subpoenas whatsoever. And then, of course, you have total stooges like the Matt Gateses of the world who are calling the uh, committee investigation um, a complete Washington obsession. And you know me, I'm like, I understand Gates is like people in Washington really care. 
I also understand they're sort of on the brunt end of the of the uh, insurrection. But I yes. also do think that citizens would like to know uh, exactly what happened. Um, is this committee going to get anything done? That's why I'm like, I'm like, whatever. I was sort of, I think you were, I think, what was I in favor of or not in favor of? Either way, I think I, exactly what's happening. We flip flop back and forth. Yes, but because it's not going <laughs> to do anything, perhaps. Or right. I, I just don't think it's going to do anything. I think Steve Bannon's just being a martyr. I think him going to jail just fuels his, look what they do. Look what they're willing to do to people who want the true, to, the truth to come out. Right, Travis? I mean, this yes. guy's. This, 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 they want this. This is the Q shaman. They want this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This will help his podcast ratings go through the roof. He could probably even do his podcast from jail and like, raise money on that. I mean, Roger Stone is still sending out emails for the Stone Family Defense Fund. Absolutely. Because he continues to claim that uh, that the charges against him broke him and his family. This is what Matt Gates had to say again. I have no idea what happened with that whole uh, having sex with a minor thing. But Matt Gates, he's still there, <laughs> still in the house. Uh, representing horrible douchery. This is what he had to say. He says, the average American, when they wake up, I don't think one of the first hundreds things they think about is Steve Bannon's podcast, the things he said before or after January 6th. So he really took a diss, just kind of <laughs> took a dig at Bannon's <laughs> podcast there, which of course doesn't matter whatsoever. And then he says, I think it's a uniquely Washington obsession. But there are also... You know, reasons there are things that the committee can get to that I think will be um, interesting to the American people. And quite frankly, you just kind of want to know what Trump knew and what his mm -hmm. acolytes yeah. knew. As a matter of fact, Jim Jordan, he was doing an interview talking about his experience with January 6th, talking about was he talking to Trump? Did he not talk to Trump? And we have the sound here and we want to play it because if you like, What's it like to hear somebody lying? This is it. If you want to like yeah. put on your detective cap and be like, I wonder what it's like to be a lie detector. You will hear it. It's unbelievable. Let's give this. This is Jim Jordan, uh, the man out of Ohio. Let's just give this a listen and we can hear just how shaky he is. Travis, anything to add? Yes, I believe when I showed this to you, you said, wow, if I was an acting coach and my actor was playing a lying politician, <laughs> I'd tell him to bring it down a notch. Bring it down. So let's listen to Jim Jordan just lie his freaking ass off. There's some confusion over what you told Brett Baer on Fox News on Tuesday night, so I want to clear it up. First off, yes or no, did you speak with President Trump on January 6th? Yeah, I mean, I speak. I, I spoke with the president last week. I speak with the president all the time. I spoke with him on January 6th. I mean, I talk with President Trump all the time. And that's that's I don't think that's unusual. Uh, I would expect members of Congress to talk with the president of the United States when they're trying to get done the things they told the voters in their district to do. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm actually kind of amazed sometimes that people keep asking this. But of course, I talk to the president all the time. I talk to him, like I said, I talked with him last week. On January 6th, did you speak with him before, during, or after the Capitol was attacked? Uh, I'd have to go. I, 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 I spoke with him that day after, I think after. I don't know if I spoke with him in the morning or not. I, I, I just don't know. Uh, I'd have to go back. and. I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know uh, that when, when those conversations happened. But, um, but uh, what I know is I spoke with him all the time. Oh, all right. There it was. Jim Jordan just obviously like not wanting to tell the truth, which the truth will set you free. In this case, it may uh, set him loose in Ohio because uh, he should no longer be a congressman. But Travis, you also made a great point about, you know, I guess, Boberts of the world. These folks who are, you know, doing the tours and all this stuff. So, you know, there can be something uncovered from this committee that I think will be, uh, you know, something that we can sink our teeth into. I just hope that they can actually do something of course, with the uh, subpoena power that they have, it's really not that powerful. Right. I mean, there's there's speculation. We don't know for sure yet, but there's speculation amongst Democrats that several Republican members of the Senate and the House knew January 6th was going to happen and everything that unfurled um, took place. And that's why, again, the 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 story on uh, the allegations against Bobart is that she was actually giving tours to to people who are dressed a lot like insurrectionists oh. uh, the day before January 6th. So, again, just just more to uncover. It's more. And uh, it is important. Again, I feel like this show, we, we try to focus on the real tangible infrastructure, criminal justice, mm -hmm. the things that really you know affect us on a daily basis. Um, but these things also, you know, they do matter as long as 
Well, I'm, I, Congress is always like, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. And I'm like, I don't think that you can sit and chew gum. <laughs> uh, but that's what they say. So anyway, we'll keep you up to date on if anything ends up coming from the January 6th commission. Definitely it's given MSNBC 24-7 ad nauseum um, uh. things to talk about. So they don't have to talk about anything that actually matters because, again, that may as well be Fox News in 96 at this point with the uh, Republican overlords taking over for uh, many people such as uh, that gal taking over for uh for for rachel <laughs> she talks very fast I mean, maybe i talk too fast but i can't keep up with that show all right well speaking of can't keep up tara mcauliffe is having a very hard time when it comes to beating republican glenn youngkin terry mcauliffe is still in the lead however youngkin is nipping at his heels we're seeing gas prices spike. We're seeing prices at your uh, you know, average store go up because mm -hmm. of what's happening when it comes to uh, all the supply chain madness, mm -hmm. which is technically something that Buttigieg should really be on top of. And I haven't heard him say too much. So there are problems right now, and they're sort of spiking at a horrible time for the Democrats, because Tara McAuliffe, of course, is now that this is really the biggest election happening right now, all eyes are on him. And without a doubt, this is a proxy election. Would you guys say so? Going forward again to 2022, we'll, we'll see more gubernatorial and more House elections as well. So Youngkin has claimed momentum as undecided voters are coming off the fence. Democrats are scrambling to turn out their base. That'll be no, for November 2nd. This is according to Kyle Kondik. Apparently, Travis went to OU with him. Mm -hmm. he, he did not care for my opinion writing for the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what he had to say. He says, just like in midterm elections, this is an off-year election, and the non-presidential party often has an enthusiasm edge. Many polls have shown that the GOP base is more fired up than the Democratic one, and I believe that to be true. And again, it is because there are a few key things that Biden has promised to get past mm. and they have not gotten past. Mm -hmm. And as people see more arguing, as people see more like squabbling over a reconciliation bill, as they see more squabbling over just what this country needs the most of, mm -hmm. which is just massive economic reform and massive changes in our entire judicial and Financial Criminal system. justice systems and financial systems. We're looking at, you know, how many people are making money off of the suffering of others. There's just so many issues that have to be solved in this country. And Joe Biden, he's kind of MIA. Mm -hmm. And which, to be honest, I am so much in favor of a president not talking. Oh, I'm just right, like not it. tweeting. I'm yeah. so like kind of <laughs> fine with that. But he still has to engage a, a populace that came out and voted for him in 2020. Now, obviously, without Trump, the one thing about Trump, he's a firebrand for both sides. I have many friends who are like, I don't vote. I'll vote again if Trump is on the ballot to vote against him. And other than that, I'm done with this bullshit. Mm -hmm. So Trump drives turnout for positive and negative. And now that Trump won't be on the ballot, the Dems might not have the most amount of motivation to go out. They're also mm. like, where the fuck is my free college, my free two-year right. you know, tuition? Where's Where are my student loan, student loan forgiveness or at least you know, some kind of reorganization of student loans? Or where are all of the promises that were made? Mm -hmm. As, of course, he does have the House, which is they control the purse. So we'll see if Tara McAuliffe ends up bearing the brunt of Biden's failures and Youngkin ends up the next governor of Virginia. Which I think would be an absolute disaster for the Democrats in terms of momentum going into 2022. Absolutely. Keep in mind, we, we talked about this earlier. The first test of Trump versus Democrats in 2021 was the recall of Gavin Newsom, which obviously mm -hmm. failed. Larry Elder was uh, basically a no-show here. But uh, the two gubernatorial contests in an odd election year, 2021, we got New Jersey, which is solidly blue. Phil Murphy doesn't have a problem getting reelected there. But Terry McAuliffe, I mean, Virginia is just that kind of purple yep. where your blue section's all in one area and the rest is red and the blue has to show up if they want to keep that state purple. If Terry McAuliffe goes down, I just, ooh, 22, look out, Democrats. They're going to need some new blood. And of course, Virginia is not California. California was, you know, basically what happened we all thought was going to happen. Right. As a matter of fact, some people saw the silver lining when it comes to um Elder even getting 30%. Mm -hmm. 
Right. So anyway, this is according to uh, Patrick Murray, director of the Monmouth University Polling Institute. Suburban women, especially in Northern Virginia, have been crucial to the sizable victories Democrats have enjoyed in the Commonwealth since 2017. However, their support is not registering at the same level this time around. This is due partly to a shift in key issues important to those voters and partly to dampened enthusiasm among the party faithfuls. We'll see what happens. And just lastly... Thank God for Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> We're going to go out on a sound bite. Rudy Giuliani um, channeling his inner thespian. <laughs> he dressed up like Abraham Lincoln, and uh, he put this on Twitter. He was so proud of it. He's using one of those CGI face masks. Yeah. yeah, the filters. Man, he did. He did put a full bow tie suit on, though. He did dress up. Right, a right. Bit. He was dressed. Yeah. So this is uh, Rudy Giuliani. Let's just play this sound here of Giuliani talking about Terry McAuliffe, and um, this is where we're at. So this man, this man used to be a highly respected DA, former mayor, and, and now he's doing what low-class, unsuccessful sketch comedians would do. <laughs> Use a face filter and put it on Twitter for likes. Is this a deep fake? Oh, my God. It is a deep fake. Let's <laughs> listen to Honest Abe um, through the mouth of a man who is known for lying. Virginia, vote against the man who dishonored our past by selling my bedroom hundreds and hundreds of times to scoundrels in a pay-for-play scheme. In my time, we had a name for men who sold bedrooms for one night. In your time, the name is Terry McAuliffe and the Clinton flees once and for all. All right, there it was. Wow. Giuliani bringing you oh. the truth the only way you never thought you'd hear it. You know, um, I, as obviously here on this show, we love Abraham Lincoln. Sure. But after what I've just seen, I'm going to pray for Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And again, to all the faithful out there, prayer is good. Pray, prayer is right, fine. Right. Just saying. Voting matters too. Right. <laughs> action yes. on those prayers. Prayer <laughs> yes. is what inspires. Prayer is what motivates the spirit. Uh, action is what motivates the heart. Uh, oh, thank you, Fernando. Oh, Fernando. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with you a little bit later on this week. And uh, yeah, we'll keep you up to date on all the news as we see fit. And uh, yeah, hope everyone is doing well out there and uh, staying happy and healthy. Okay, everyone. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.